Tonight, with fans like these, who needs enemies? Pride, passion and redemption for the Kangaroos. Embarrassment, humiliation and rejection for City Country as club bands force unusual selections. Is this the worst miss in AFL history? We'll show you our contenders. Goal of the Year winner Tim Cahill is our special guest ahead of the A-League Grand Final. It's all downhill from here on the Backpage Live. What a win for Australia. So much sport, so little time. They continue to speak before they think. I'll be about as relaxed as Jeff Fennick in a spelling bee. People costume his job. All about the fans and what brings kids back. One of Australia's biggest rivalries. Sport doesn't stop and neither do we. Love it. Hello, buddy. Great to have your company. I'm really looking forward to tonight. I uh, can't wait to hang out with the great Tim Cahill. Not that I think he's better than our panel, but he's better than our panel there. I've said it. Kelly Underwood and Robert Craddock, hello and welcome to you both. And on this side, hello to Jules Schuller and hello to Kerry O'Keefe. Love to have you back, Scott. Great to be back, Mark. So much to get through. As I said, uh, look, what a player Cameron Smith is. He plays his 50th test on Friday, equals Clive Churchill for a number of times. He's captain his country, won more NRL games than anyone and broke the goal-kicking record at the weekend. All that, and he goes out and wins his first PGA Tour event uh, this morning. <laughs> Just phenomenal. There he is. Very different Cam Smith. It is still a Queenslander, though, Crash. 23-year-old Cameron Smith. Oh, this is a great story, Tony. He's probably Australia's most underrated sportsman, I reckon, the last few years. And the charm of it is not so much what he's done today, where he's come from as well. Like, he, he plays for the one-team club in, in Brisbane. Lovely little club in Brisbane's northern suburbs. When it started, they just had six holes on a, on a farm many decades ago. But over the decades, they've always produced people that are unassuming, unpretentious, no-one's above anyone else, and that's what this kid is. He's a product of that environment. And that was a, a, a team event. So, play with, you know, he's won, still won $1.3 million. Just an amazing... And two years of exemptions as yeah. well. And, and, the, and the team really helped him. He'd yeah. never won. That was the one thing. He, he'd never won as a professional. And I think having Jonas Blix there, the, the dry-witted Swede, sort of coaxed him through, yeah. even though Smith was... Not a bogey for the tournament at age 23. Do you mind? I mean, I can't, can barely think of a golfer who's better than him in the world who's younger. I mean, that's extraordinary. Yeah, the Zurich Classic, did you catch it? I, I caught a lot of this. Lots of alligator sightings. Because, <laughs> uh, 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 the course is built on a swamp in New Orleans. Mm -hmm. And sadly, uh, Cameron Smith and his caddy celebrated by jumping into the water hazard at the AD. <laughs> <laughs> the, the caddy's funeral is tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> what you say about him is blatantly true, and you could see that when he was being interviewed. And sometimes you really, honestly, you don't need words to truly express how you feel. How is this going to change the way you look at a schedule, knowing what's, what's out there now? It's <laughs> awesome, isn't it? Somewhat speechless. He's overcome. It's going to be a superstar one day, and uh, you can see it now. I've never seen anything that good in, in an extremely long time, so I can't, I can't wait to see what's to come for him. I can't even talk. <laughs> I'm sorry. I can't even talk, it's Kel. It's so refreshing to see such a raw emotion like that. I mean, but he froze in. He, get that boy some media training, Crash. <laughs> well, is, that, is this win going to change him at all, do you think? Because that, that was extraordinary reaction. Well, it's a great question because he's flown beautifully under the radar for his career, but the boys from one team all say... You can take his, you can stand on his ball, hide it behind a tree, 
put it in a bunker, nothing phases him, but a microphone is the only part of the whole <laughs> thing he doesn't enjoy. But he'll have to get used to it because he's now a global star. So he's entering a new world. I hope he doesn't change because that, that's beautiful, yeah, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. Kerry the Babyface, who's, you know, joined that select company who have won a million dollars before they've shaved. Exactly right. He's amazing. You mentioned the alligators. They were out in force uh, at the yeah. Zurich Open. Have a, have a look at this. This is Kelly Craft. Completely unfazed. Look where how close it is. Thinks no, no drama whatsoever. I'll just have my shot, and away he goes without being spooked at all. I want to chip in for Albert Alligator. <laughs> if you're wearing slacks that tight, the gator's not going to go near you. Right? <laughs> <laughs> Look at it, it's running away. <laughs> it also does help, obviously, to have a, a lot of luck in golf. Now, this was George Gutsia uh, uh, in the China Open. Uh, a grandstand finish to his third round, quite literally. Look, going left, and as you'd expect, <laughs> <laughs> and straight down towards... Gives us hope, doesn't it, Matt? Gives us all hope. Well, the weekend golfer doesn't have a corporate marquee. That's exactly right. All right, look, I am sick of hearing that passionate footy fans pay their money, they can do what they like. Now, guess what, idiots? You can't throw cans at players, no matter how much you hate them. This story that just goes on and on with the West Tigers and fans feeling disillusioned that their players, their star players, have signed to go elsewhere next year. Uh, now, Andrew, Fafita, of course, from the Sharks, feeling angry on behalf of the Tigers uh, players. It's just such an ugly look. It is. It's absolutely juvenile. And for these people that we're seeing on screen now, I mean, what does that achieve? Sure, you're frustrated and sure, you're passionate, but this is completely unacceptable. And, I mean, to, to throw any kind of object, let alone a full can of beer at someone, if that hits them in a certain spot, that could actually kill someone. I mean, yep. so that, that person who did that, should they should identify who it is and, and throw them out. Um, this is We talk about it each week, Tony, this West Tigers saga. Where's the leadership? Where is the CEO or the chairperson coming out, speaking publicly and saying, hey, we understand you're frustrated. We're frustrated. Stick with us. We're trying to rebuild. If you want to support us, come along. We open up our arms and we're all going to do this on this journey together. And if you don't, get out. Yeah, I think Marinigo and uh, Justin Pascoe did actually last last time after, before the Bulldog, after the Bulldogs game, they complained. They said the fans shouldn't be booing Aaron Woods and so on. But they have been a bit quiet after what yeah. we saw there. But, but I actually reckon that day's been coming for a long time in rugby league. I'm surprised it didn't come earlier, to be honest, with players signing with other clubs. It, it's really sad. If there's anything good happen about it, I think it'll be that it, it lances the boil and I reckon it'll push them towards this end-of-season transfer because it can't continue like this. It's just a mess. Sport sells itself to the fans on passion. You know, it's you've got to have a team in the A-League and the passion and sign-up. So sport sells itself on that. Passion and loyalty. Sports people, it's a business. And when passion meets business, it's prostitution. And that's the way these fans are seeing the players. And it's not the players' fault and it's not necessarily the fans' fault. It's, a, it's the way we, f we explain to the passionate fans about about what's happened with the players. I, yeah, but within I, I, that's reason, an extreme and, and that, yeah. you know, and that should never happen. But there is it is difficult for the fans who are sold on passion and loyalty to see this happen. And I think the coach can take them into the eight. Ivan Cleary, he's he's been in charge four games, they've won two and lost two narrowly. Uh, if this all if this um, eases, he can take them to the eight. I think he's an outstanding coach. I Cleary, yeah, West Tigers. I, it can't be a great feeling though to be running onto your, your home ground at Leichhardt Oval and, and seeing banners like these. This is Aaron Woods. He was just being a great servant of that club. The captain Woods is a dog, and on and on it went around there. And clearly, it was just not just what was written on 
it was yelled at him throughout the game. Uh, that's a tough well, thing for a young player. It's completely <laughs> unacceptable. Uh, you can identify them. Go and get ripped well, on their membership. Do you know what? Th th they just got away with it because he's going to the dogs. And, and, and because he said no dogs on the bus, and he, that's where he's going. Like, like oh. I know it's marginal, but it, it, in, a, in a debate, they just got away with it. But he, he shattered Aaron Woods. Yeah, and, I mean, and he's bled for this yeah. club since he was a little boy. I mean, he's come through the local area. You've got to feel for and, him to some degree. Oh, yeah. And, and the killer thing for him, like, local junior, wanted to stay there his whole life. The suits who are basically forcing, you know, who, who were... <laughs> really struggled behind the scenes and basically forced him out, they'll be gone in a couple of years. Someone yeah, else that, will be there. Yeah, and you have true. to feel for the A-League here as well because there's been racial abuse in the AFL, there's, there's this incident in the NRL, and there have been problems in the A-League, but the A-League gets slammed they when a few it, seats are ripped up. The talkback calls are flooded. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, I think I feel for the A-League here. Th those banners, no dogs on the bus... Uh, bash the screws. I thought it was a prison movie. Yeah. <laughs> 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 you went with. <laughs> it was incredibly tough, not just for those young players to handle. Obviously, they're getting paid big bucks and all that kind of stuff, I understand, but tough in their family too. And this is Aaron uh, Woods' mum, Rebecca. She was devastated in the dressing room. He was injured, obviously, badly. He was booed and he was abused as he left the ground uh, quite hideously. And that is such an emotional thing for not just the player, but the entire family to deal with. And most people, when they're you know, throwing that abuse out, do not care or think about that kind of stuff. And as you said, Kel, there's a, there's a great photograph of Aaron Woods as a six-year-old and his mum involved. You can see why she's so upset. That's her and that's him in the middle, captain under sixes... Big boy. <laughs> She's been involved with the Tigers. For her to be hearing what's going on and being involved with the end of his career there is heartbreaking. Absolutely. It's just it feels like the whole thing's a mess, isn't it? And that no one's really taken control and gone, OK, this is the future. And like Kerry said, they've got a good coach now who can hopefully lead them out of this uh, this phase. Slightly less, uh, I guess, problematic behaviour, but you heard a bit of it in the AFL at the weekend with Gary Ablett. I did. Uh, Gary Ablett's played uh, in Melbourne on a Saturday night twice over the the last three weekends and first one was against Carlton the second one was against North Melbourne I was calling this on radio and he was booed and those boos got progressively louder as the night went on and the more he racked up uh, possessions he got 40 plus a game was absolutely outstanding I'm not sure I mean this is a player Jules who's probably clearly in the top three top five AFL players of all time he's an absolute great why he As is Patrick getting booed. Dangerfield has, yeah. has tweeted his support there. Or was it 4.19 in the morning? I'm not sure what that's about. but <laughs> It's Donald Trump-esque, isn't it? <laughs> it's Donald Trump-esque. <laughs> I mean, fans, they use the argument, don't they? They say they pay their money, they're allowed to boo and whatnot. He's a great, he's a champion. The only reason I can work out that they might be booing him is the tall poppy syndrome in Australia. Yeah, there's where no reason. Someone he, started to boo in the crowd. He's been paid a lot of money. Up. They yeah. think he's sooking and whinging because he wants to go home. Is that a reason to actually boo him. Mm. Yeah. It's a stupid thing, a crowd. The IQ of the crowd is much less than any of his individual components, I tell you. <laughs> All right, Andrew Fafida says he wants to embrace the culture of the kangaroos and his recall to the team for Friday's test against New Zealand. It is, of course, in beautiful Canberra. Uh, now, Mel Meningas, he, you know, he left him out of it when he was having some problems before. He's welcomed him back into the, uh, the fold. What do you make of it? Can Mal bring the best out of this boat? Oh, definitely. Uh, I, I'm a huge, I've only met Mal Meninga a couple of times. I'm a huge fan. The, the culture he's brought to Kangaroos, he took over from Tim Sheens. It was a losing period. Uh, New Zealand were a force. There was, there was apparently resentment, state of origin, um, over, uh, hangover. Uh, all that's gone. This is a team that plays brutally 
uh, manically for the kangaroo jumper, and I put a lot of it down to Mal Meninga and the culture he's established. Fafita has served time out. Papali will come back. Uh, uh, Mal, he, he, he mightn't be strategically the best ever, yep. but he's formulated a culture that wins. Got a so surprise for Fafita's back because Mal just... He, he made such good progress by leaving out guys, you know, like Gallon and Rajradra and Fafita... I reckon he's really on trial in this test. Mm. Passes the test, he'll make the World Cup squad at the end of the tour, but they reckon they're having a look at him, saying, right, you're reformed, are you? Let's have a look at you. But it, it, one false move, and I reckon he's gone. Mm. Should be a good game of footy. Uh, New Zealand got a good side going, running around on Friday night as well. And, look, the Harker, always a highlight of the Anzac test, and they do it so well, maybe because they start them so young. <laughs> <laughs> How cute. Oh. Stroke frightening is that? Yeah, I was doing the hokey pokey at yeah. that age. <laughs> I love it. Look, just back quickly to Aaron Woods just for a second. And shame, of course, he's injured for the Kangaroos for that test. Big man wasn't built for the splits. Uh, as you can see there, they get oh. split the legs over. He can tell immediately that he's been hurt badly. Oh. Jimmy Maloney, who's hanging on to one leg and pulling it right when it should be going left, did text him and apologise for it. But that is a bad injury for Aaron Woods. Uh, actually, now that I think about it, very few people are built to be doing the splits. This is GWS's Nick Haynes. This oh. is a bad one. I don't know if you saw this yes, one. Yes, yes. Oh. Oh. Rips the hammy off the bone yeah. and he's out for... Oh. He's got to have surgery, I think. He's out for a couple oh. of months. Ten record injury. Every man in the room behind camera just suddenly groaning. Canberra <laughs> <laughs> causes enough shrinkage, but <laughs> watching that, even more. That's the first of them. He comes here every week. I, I call it Schiller's List. <laughs> it's ten killing one line. <laughs> I love him. As, we, as we've seen, obviously, the splits can be very, very dangerous, so we thought we'd prove it with this week's Top five, brought to you by Pia. Uh, look, let's start with a very painful Wimbledon Ooh. moment for Victoria Azarenka. That looks very... She did do... She went on, actually. She came through, recovered and won that match. Uh, but not a good look for her there. Well done. Number four, can't have a top five without him. Chase the hat. Oh. And you go, Billy Bowden. <laughs> what an athlete this man is. is I love it. Splits? Close enough. When you're 50, it's close enough. <laughs> <laughs> James Maloney texted an apology. <laughs> <laughs> what about this one? The NBA, Harrison Barnes. Oh. Is this splits kill? Now that you're defined. Yes. Oh. Yeah, that's the split. That's, that's the absolutely yeah, yeah. a brilliant one. Uh, look, uh, uh, number two, sometimes the splits, they, they can hurt oh, your no. teammates as oh, well. No. 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 <laughs> it's just a bad idea from the off. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, and number one. I went a ride like that at Dreamworld. The 1956 Grand National, yes. Devin oh, Locke. Oh. <laughs> the Queen Mum's horse. Oh, for all money until, oh. yes. Oh, no. will <laughs> get you every time. There is your top five. I should point out, uh, there was a football referee just this week who showed that having the flexibility to do the splits can be very handy. Have a look. And the ball comes in and... Whoop. Oh, oh. Ah. under he goes. <laughs> oh. 
That is a great skill. It's a ninja oh, kick. Yeah. Yeah. He probably could have just moved to the side. Yeah, <laughs> he could just referee the game. <laughs> exactly. All right, at about 10.30 yesterday morning, uh, City coach Brad Fittler considered pulling the boots on again to play against country. Sure, he retired a decade ago, but nobody else was available. <laughs> this is a sad joke, isn't it? The final city-country game. What's going on? People pulling out, no-one wanting to go. It's like my 40th birthday has become a sports team. There's <laughs> 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 gen general disinterest. <laughs> <laughs> from everyone. I reckon Queensland can take the credit and the blame for this by really? years and decades of saying, oh, of course, you blokes can't win the origin because you soften up each other in the city country. And there's just... The knock on the game has grown and grown. And uh, it's sad. The country people... You know, look forward to this every year, and it has become just a, a total farce. It really has. It's a bit it's embarrassing, isn't it? It actually, Kerry, reminds me a little bit of the AFL version of State of Origin years ago, Jules. I mean, it was so popular, the fans loved it, the players absolutely loved playing in it, and eventually, Clubland yeah. just became so big that it won out, and it said, "No, no, no, we pay you all this money. We don't yeah. want you to get injured." You are suddenly injured, and you are pulling out of this, yeah. and that it, 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 effectively That's an exhibition it. game that. Fizzles out. Yeah. And they say, I'm, I'm proudly from West Wyalong. Although I live at Bondi, I drink Ristretto and I wear Hugo Boss. <laughs> <laughs> I've never forgotten my roots. <laughs> I'm only the ABC then. Wingers performing uh, aerobatics to score tries are uh, pretty common these days. Now, Melbourne Superman Vunavalu, he's just oh. one of the best. As much as it pains me to watch this from uh, last weekend, a couple of tries against the Dragons. That is beautiful, both hands and the skill, and again, just oh. to stay in here. Oh. Best rule change in sport, make yeah, the it? corner post in. Remember when yeah. it used to be at the touch judge and wingers couldn't go near it? It is the single best rule change in any sport in Australia in the last 10 years. Couldn't agree more. All right, the, the surprise Superman, though, I think is even more fun. Uh, when places like the baseball, uh, what you coming around here, uh, you can't get home here, can you? Whoop. Over I go. It's, is that in? It's of course yeah. it's oh, in. Oh, you're wow. kidding. It wasn't tagged. Over he goes. I'm surprised it doesn't happen more often in baseball. Just beautiful, isn't it? That's Former brilliant. champion Fosbury flopper, by the way. <laughs> he was. Yeah, it was, yeah. That's the prize background, Superman. high jumping. All right, still the Hawks. Um, uh, it's a fear by lie. <laughs> <laughs> I made it up. <laughs> like I do most things. Uh, because you're here, Jules, we'll talk Hawks. Mm. Uh, history oh. made with the appointment of Tracy Gordry as CEO. It's a great move, Kel. Uh, it's been a long time in the making, hasn't it? It is, absolutely. It's about time in the AFL. What a, what a year for uh, women in the AFL when you consider the history-making competition as well. But uh, certainly the AFL's lagged behind the NRL when it comes to women in leadership roles. Raylene Castle's been the CEO of the Bulldogs for a long time. I think they had a CEO, female CEO previously before well, that 30 as well. years ago at the Sharks. For yeah, that's yeah. exactly right. Yeah. So, um, and look... The Hawks are the, probably the most... Well, they are the most successful club over the last 10 years. They've proven that they are progressive. Yep. Um, so if anyone was going to do it, they're the ones to do it. The timing, Jules, yeah, is well, interesting she, she for... Yeah, well, she said had a, a meeting with Alastair Clarkson. I just see Alastair going up to a whiteboard and just going, we are F, asterisk, 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 <laughs> e, e. <laughs> This is our situation. That's not exactly how she recalled that meeting. As you said, she just come in a very tough time for the Hawks and their coach. She acknowledged that when she spoke yesterday. Alistair's been on board for a long time. He knows what it takes to build a, build a club and a team to success. He's such a team player. And his first, his first notion to me was, how can we work together to, to strengthen all parts of our club and our organisation? And there may well be drastic change, but let's just not forecast anything like that at this point in time. 
Yeah, she's impressive. It's not just a business, obviously, an Olympian from Atlanta and Sydney mm. in cycling. Uh, look, uh, let's good luck. It is funny though. She's like, God, I should laugh, but Clarko, you can tell the lid on the saucepan's going like this, and any yeah. moment, pop. Fascinating <laughs> relationship it'll be because she has to keep him there because the questions will be coming from rival oh, clubs that'll want him. Yes, so yes, she's got to keep him. She's got to keep him motivated. All right. The AFL obviously sick and tired of NRL contract speculation, getting all the airtime. So is it huge news or just fake news that? Nat Fife is heading to St Kilda next season. I'm surprised this was picked up. It was it was reported by a DJ in Perth called Fitzy. Oh, and no. Yeah, that, there, there has to be an FM DJ called Fitzy in every state. <laughs> <laughs> it was actually enshrined in 1901 when the country was federated. Uh, and, and so this got picked up. It was on AFL 360. It was on all the press. The segment I think they did before that was interviewing a dog who had a bucket list. So, so, so maybe, maybe you should just put it in context. that this is, this is not a new show. I mean, I've done these shows. They're, they're entertainment. They're fun. And they strayed into territory that possibly should not have been paid enough attention by AFL media like yourself, Cal. I'm not saying you did, but people like you. Oh, well, I, don't blame me. I was going to blame you. <laughs> me? You and your newspaper friends, because they're the ones that pick it up, put it on all the websites and it's clickbait. They say Fife to St Kilda clickbait, clickbait, okay. clickbait. So I'm yeah. blaming you. Oh, thanks. Do you want me to own up? I'll publicly <laughs> apologise for it. Or... But look, your point is a fair one. I think we've, you, you, you do in the age that's changed with so much instantaneous media just coming out, we've got to be careful about the weight of the story. I've made the mistake myself. I fall into things really quickly without checking them. So it's, it's a fair point. Having yeah. said that, Tony, it is a move that makes complete sense. Oh, yes. right. yeah. Well, and hang it, on. What are you bagging me for? News just ahead. Someone told me that Jared Hayne has just signed with the Newcastle Knights. <laughs> <laughs> maybe true, maybe not. Let's see. GWS uh, angry aunt Toby Green has copped a couple of weeks for striking bulldog Caleb Daniel. Fair enough. He has been on the rampage uh, a little of late, Toby. Uh, what do you think of this, Kel? I know you're more forgiving than I am of his action. Oh, look, I, look it's clumsy. Did he deliberately try to yes. punch oh, him in the face? Yes, uh, I think it's he It's a is. hard question to answer. Look, I, I, well, offered three. Oh, down how is that a hard question to answer? <laughs> oh, he, he walks what are you a watching? very <laughs> fine line, Toby Green. He's got a bit of history. So two weeks for that. There's been more deliberate acts we've seen this year on a footy field that have got less. He was headbutting Isaac Heaney the week before. He got fined for striking the week before that. Come on, he's on a crime spree. No, no, I didn't start necessarily defending him as such. You can tell a lot about a man by the way he walks (laughs) and Toby Green's swagger. He does, doesn't he? Oh, it makes Viv Richards look a shy metal (laughs) dude. Spoken by by two true Swans fans over here, hey? Look at this swagger. Oh, look, I oh. love you, Toby. His reputation does. As you, it, it precedes him. Just listen to this umpire having a chat. We've been telling you for a couple of weeks now that you're getting very close to the edge of it, OK? It's up to you. We can... Un- no. OK, if you think that, that's a matter for you. It looked pretty clear from where I was, and I was 100 metres away. So, obviously, the Giants are concerned that the umpires are actually, you know, they're umpiring on previous indiscretions rather than what happens in that game. I don't see a problem with that. I don't have a problem with that at all. I think the umpire's there to officiate. He said, we've been keeping a close eye on you. You're walking a fine line. You know, obviously, he said it after the incident, so he didn't avoid the incident. It's like telling people, you know, the big speed camera signs on the side of the road, speed cameras in this area. People say, why do it? Well, people don't speed. So, do you agree, Jules? Well, reputation is everything, isn't it? And you can't just... 
My local fish and chip shop, there was a rumour that the owner was peeling potatoes on the toilet once and people started to avoid it because reputation means something. I don't know why I made that analogy, but, no, but we didn't take every potato cake on its merit. You know, there was a there was a history behind there and there was this rumour spread. So, you know, so reputation matters. But, mate, don't be rational because if you're rational, you sit on Tony's left. <laughs> the flakes sit on his right. Cue <laughs> <laughs> loopy comments. <laughs> Legend Kevin Bartlett has called Josh Bruce's goal square miss the worst in the history of the AFL. Wow, that is a big call. But when you look at it, it's pretty ordinary. Oh, it's pretty ordinary. The look on his face says it all, doesn't it? I reckon yeah. with a lot of these guys that miss from close in, there's this phobia in the AFL of these close misses. And you can tell by the looks in their face when they mark a ball, a lot of them. They get terrified. And then when they line up for the posts... They don't actually look at them. They look at this broad area. You, you have a look, Friday night. You can pick these random, shocking misses by the looks in their face, I swear to you. New goal-kicking coach of the Brisbane Lions, yeah. ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> hey, not we going well. Yeah. <laughs> Calling was Mason Cox. Uh, he had a, a shocker as well. wasn't so much the kick. It was just basically the scramble, really deciding which foot to kick on. No, no, no. Oh. And <laughs> throwing it out. So what was that going to achieve? When you panic, you revert to your original oh. Uh, oh. sport, which is mm. the basketball chess pass. <laughs> oh. That's right. Uh, I love it. And, of course, they... Oh, all cop it for that kind of stuff, as you say, Crash. So, but we're obviously not here to mock players. Uh, we're here to help, uh, to let them know you're not alone. So here's some other people who've done stupid things. Uh, Matthew Pavlich, look, proving he's, just, he's human. <laughs> <laughs> That's actually pretty good You can see when sport. they mark it, they're saying, don't play on, don't play on, don't play yeah. on. Uh, Rick Crow's Richard Dunn. <laughs> <laughs> just smashes it into the post. Uh, that is a poor one. Oh, Lingy. Oh, Cameron Lingy. Oh, this yeah. is genius. Misses everything. Any score will do. That was his first game. Was that his yeah, first game? His first ever game. This is Jason Dunstall. It's not the miss. <laughs> <laughs> it's the moves. They're beautiful. And Malcolm Blight. Uh, this is one of the most memorable. Yeah. Uh, look at this. Runs straight past the middle and then. <laughs> <laughs> Years the guy was standing in the point post, though. <laughs> See what I mean? They don't look at the post. <laughs> Should have gone to Specsavers. <laughs> uh, remember when Greg Norman said he was in awe of himself? Well, victory coach Kevin Muscat feels the same about the way his team's playing going into Sunday's grand final against Sydney FC. We go to Sydney with all the confidence in the world, without doubt. One thing's going to change, Lynchy. Yeah. The most important thing, we're going to beat them. That's the thing that's going to change. Wow. He's mm. bigging himself up, isn't he? Yeah, I mean, he has to. But Melbourne Victory have about as much chance of winning that game as I have of opening a nude beach in Saudi Arabia. <laughs> it's just not going to happen as much. As not much that as I've ever hope. suggested that, <laughs> um, of course. Do you reckon... But this is the best season ever by an A-League team. They're playing at home. They lost two years ago to the same side. They have not been challenged by Melbourne Victory this year. They have not been beaten by Melbourne Victory. They have not shown any hint of of falling under pressure. I, look, I hope it's a good game, and I'm sure Bessart will probably score and liven it up, but I can't see... Sydney but all that only convinces me the victory a chance. You know when you oh, think I of sports, agree. someone's zero. Yeah. Tell you what, though, if I was him, I'd have gone the opposite way. I said, yeah, look, we're going to turn up. We're, we're definitely, you know, we're not much chop, but we're getting on the plane. We'll be there. You know, and just play, give yourself zero chance. It's, it's a foregone it's conclusion. Then go, And whack. there is a problem with the Allianz surface. Yeah, it, is, surface. It, it is rough. Uh, to that end, Musket has pulled... 
<laughs> are a great tactic. He's brought in uh, Ravi Ashwin and Jadeja. Because <laughs> <laughs> on broken surfaces, they are outstanding. <laughs> <laughs> they are. That's the problem. I guess we can see there was some last weekend, there was a lot of problems with that surface. There's a game of rugby on less than 24 is hours. Yeah. Is Adele coming back and playing as well? Yeah. We know what she does. Absolutely. That, that's a, a bad step. The surface is is going to be a problem. But the, yeah. the skill level of Sydney FC, somehow even that helps them. But even a surface patchier than Ozzy Osbourne short-term memory <laughs> will not deter Sydney FC. I'm telling you, they are that good. Oh, if, Me- if Melbourne Victory win the toss, they'll bat. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get uh, Timmy Cahill's take on the grand final when he joins us later in the show. Uh, now to the EPL and from our Go With Your First Thoughts file, uh, check out Ander Herrera. Now, he's trying to stop this free kick, so look, I think I'll go back here. Uh, we've put the sunlight in, by the way, that's not God. Uh, and I'll go back up there, which is a much more sensible place. Until <laughs> I'm not sure if that's a metaphor for my career or sex life. <laughs> 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 up, as we mentioned, Timmy Cahill will join us. Uh, no love from Maria Sharapova on her return from a doping ban. David Warner on fire in the IPL and a candidate for worst delivery of the year. South Wales, a rivalry that started way back in 1882. And we're underway. Pick and go here from Higginbotham away from one. Inside it goes, and the Reds have the first try. New South Wales looking to hit back, and Phipps is over the line. Bit of a uh, push and shove going on. And inside it goes to Carmichael Hunter. Three, reaches out. Line now, they look to go wide. It is over again. Oh, what a coach killer this game is. And he nails it again. Over the black dot it goes. And New South Wales have done it again. Seven in a row. Yeah, in a year where Aussie rugby has been pretty horrible, let's be honest, that was a good game of footy crash. Oh, terrific. And do you know all those people that say, wouldn't it be better if the Australian teams played each other more and a bit more sort of localised, this super competition? We'd get some wins for a start. (laughs) (laughs) There's your advertisement there. Like, these South African teams that drift through town and no-one feels anything for them or against them, it had passion, controversy, bit of spite. It was really great. And Queensland wore the old maroon jersey, which is so much a part of old-time Queensland. Uh, Quade Cooper, who has got a million... There, now, there you it see is. this jersey. Not the red jerseys of, of the past. Now, he's grabbing the jersey there. It's fabulous. The old-fashioned maroon jersey. Quade Cooper's got a lot of critics, but at the start of the year, he said, you know what, I'd love to run out in one of those old maroon ones really? again. And for all his foibles... And he's got plenty. He loves his franchise. And that can never be taken for granted today. It's, it's a really good thing. And nothing better than New South Wales from beating Queenslanders <laughs> with some dodgy penalties. Yeah. <laughs> Fantastic. Bring it I, on. Yeah. Maria Sharapova is back. And doesn't that make her fellow tennis star Eugenie uh, Bouchard happy? No, it doesn't. Have a listen. She's a cheater. And so, to me... Um, I mean, I don't think a cheater in any sport should be allowed to play that sport again. Um, you know, it's so unfair to all the other players who, um, you know, do it the right way and are true. So, um, 
yeah, I just I think from the WTA it sends the wrong message um, to young kids, you know, cheat and we'll welcome you back with open arms. Yeah, not missing the words. What do you make of that, Kel? Well, there's no love loss between them before this happened, let alone now. I tend to agree with Jeannie Bouchard. I mean, look, everyone deserves a second chance. She's done her time. She was done for performance-enhancing drugs. She did her 15 months. But Maria Sharapova should come back and start from zero and have to earn everyone, the media, the fans, uh, the, the WTA's uh, respect and um, and She's trust a draw back. card. What? Well, this is the problem, is that, that, that tournaments and Stuttgart are rolling the red carpet out to yeah. get her in because it means sponsors and sponsors mean big dollars. And this is where the locker room is completely against Maria Sharapova. Mm. I haven't really enjoyed her attitude since coming back. I've watched most of her media conferences after her, she went through to the semis in Stuttgart and... You know, you that she's you, yeah. playing the victim. She and that's, and the you thing. mentioned the media Mal conference. Sorry, yeah, Mal Maldonium could be... It is performance-enhancing, and the players are aware of the third set stat that she, yeah. Maria Sharapova yep. is best. at 78%, yep. better than Chris really? Evert of winning yes. games in the third set, okay. yep. which which Meldonium could mm. give you yeah. that extra kick when you need it. And but, the players will be so aware of that absolutely. stat. Absolutely. Kerry, isn't that a good point, though, because... She still says, yeah, I took it medically for my heart for 10 years and 700 Russian athletes have tested for it because it increases your endurance. But she won't even concede that, will she? No, no, no she will not. Goodness me. You mentioned her attitude in yeah. the media. Look, it's not just the fellow players that Sharapova is wary of. She wasn't thrilled to catch up with sections of the media either. Thanking from the sun. Um, Maria, oh, God. So... <laughs> <sighs> nice to see you too. Um, <laughs> the... Um, so the, pl the players who have... I don't think the sun has ever been in Stuttgart, have they? No, it's <laughs> no. lovely. First it's time, wow. Virgins. Yeah, oh, she does. She's got a heart up. condition. Like, oh. <laughs> 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 I think she can rule out stand-up comedy. Well. <laughs> That's what I, mean. I mean, that attitude just yeah. stinks, doesn't yeah, it? It's it playing the victim and you're, you're a proven drug cheat. Start from scratch, earn everyone's respect back. And I played in the 70s, you know, Australian cricket, and um, there was no performance-enhancing drugs, but... I did notice that every night Doug Walters and Rod Marsh drank this brown liquid with a white <laughs> froth <laughs> for eight hours and performed the next day. <laughs> I tried it, tested positive for hangover. <laughs> <laughs> now, with cricket, Dave Warner may have struggled in the Test Series in India, but he's on fire in the IPL, a 43-ball century, the latest showpiece. Skull is hitting the ball OK at the moment. There's the old uh, oh. switch hitting. Yeah, and, that, and that's the thing. I mean, in my day, they stayed right, left-handed. When you ran in, they stayed right, uh, left-handed. The thing is that he, he is the most dangerous flat-track bully in the world. He's a millionaire because of it, and these pitches are unlike the test pitches he's just come off. They're absolutely flat as the proverbial. And, you know, he, he's the best attacking player in the world, you know, outside of perhaps Chris Gale. I've got him in my test team of the century, but he can't defend when the ball spins or moves. So yeah. there's an asterisk there well, he until is, he shows that he can. He is playing some uh, great cricket. There's some dodgy cricket I'd like to show you now. <laughs> Nobody officially dropped this catch, uh, but certainly Delhi Daredevils, uh, Mishra and Samson, they, they did look a little bit silly by just letting <laughs> it drop. Oh, yeah. You're on 800,000, you catch it. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Definitely a metaphor for my sex life, that one. <laughs> You'll never get to the left. I'll never make it over there. <laughs> uh, 
this one relates to your sex life. We'll give it a go anyway. Uh, this bowler uh, made his own bad luck, really. This is Shadul Fakir. Now, just have a look at this. This is a terrific delivery. <laughs> yeah, but his sledge was the best. He said, hit that over point for six. <laughs> <laughs> that, in terms of skill level, is up there with this beauty from baseball pitcher Matthew Beck. Now, he has a little bit of a... It's a bit of a stumble off the mound here and... Oh, oh. <laughs> Not sure why he goes on with the throw that he, he does. Beautiful. We do love to see elite athletes... Going rotten here. All right, uh, San Antonio Spurs coach Greg Popovich has long been a favourite of this show. He knows the key thing about being a reporter is to not just ask questions, but listen to answers. As we join him, he's talking about his player, Mike Conley. But this kid has a really high basketball IQ. You know, he shoots it, he drives it, he passes, he runs his team. Uh, he's incredible. Greg, just your, your opinion uh, on how Mike played in this series and just how his game has come along over the years. Did you just get here? Just, can you give him your notes? <laughs> I love him. If that so was Jeff Toovey or Mick Malthouse, I would love to have seen their response. Well, that just gives me the heebie-jeebies of many years uh, ago with Dennis Pagan saying, are your ears painted on the seat? <laughs> <laughs> what did you ask? What was it? Oh, something about Wayne Carey at a wrong time, probably. <laughs> <laughs> well, was there a right time? Right, still with uh, weird interviews, what about the Bulls' Robin Lopez showing up with his dog, Muppet? Uh, now, this is an actual dog. And then he does the interview holding the dog. That just freaks me out. Is that really a dog? Is it really a dog? They share the same hairstylist, obviously. But the... Where's his other hand? The dog is so sedate. <laughs> Basketball stroke ventral. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> Coming up, a very special guest, our greatest soccer fan. Uh, too much. Too much. And what a thrill to welcome the man with the golden boot and the golden forehead, of course, soccer <laughs> goal-scoring machine, card-carrying football legend Timmy Cahill. Welcome to the show. Let's say congratulations for last night. Yeah, of course, you're here for the Dolan Warren medal ceremony and you picked up, as we saw there, the goal of the year. Yeah, it was awesome. I think um, this is my first year back in Australia in 20 years playing away and um, it's been an amazing year in the A-League and that was my first ever game in the A-League. So to score a goal like that was... It was great because against our rivals, Melbourne Victory, um, and it's nice to be recognised, you know, um, in the game. And I was really, it was a really proud moment to, to be at the awards and also 
for the men and women to be recognised for what they've done this year. Have you been to an Australian an awards before? No, well, this is like the first official A-League ones and I have to admit, it was, it was amazing. You know, it was very formal. We were sitting there, it was like a... Like, you know, I remember doing the MTV Awards a while back and um, it, it felt like when you went on stage that everyone was nervous and... Um, yeah, I have to give real credit to everyone that was involved because um, it, it made everyone feel special and what they deserved, especially for the women and the young player of the year um, and, you know, the Johnny Warren Award and Julie Dolan Award. So it was, um, it was nice. <clears throat> Tim, firstly, never retire from the Socceroos. OK, yeah. please. Uh, <laughs> you know, you're probably our... Well, I'd say you are our greatest ever player. And as such, we've done a quick whip around here on the back page panel to get a sculpture of you outside the MCG. And we've hired this guy. I'm sure you admired his work that he did with Ronaldo. Uh, just outside. <laughs> we've, got, we've got him on the case. So sure. It looks like the Sandcastle one they did of me already. <laughs> yeah. But just before we talk about the A-League final and your thoughts on that, the soccer because, you know, it's a really crunch time, isn't it? You've got Saudi Arabia and Adelaide. Is it... Uh, Ange, he's tinkered with the formation. Is it tougher than you expected to qualify this time around? Is it your toughest qualification campaign? I think it's definitely one of my toughest because this is my fourth World Cup qualifying campaign in my career and um, the transition of young players and also you have to look at where the players are playing right now you know, at a time when I was playing, we were all in Europe, we are playing the biggest leagues in the world. Right now, um, a lot of our players are not playing in the, the highest level. You know, we don't be, I don't think we, we have many Premier League players. You know, you have to look at that. And I think for me, Ange is the pioneer of the game. And what he's trying to do, he's trying to take us to a World Cup and not just be passengers. So right now, it's a, it's a difficult stage because we're definitely not certain odds to qualify. We have to go and earn it. And every time we talk about Socceroos or even the A-League, for me, it's just business. I have no emotions. I, I, it's about winning. Do you mm. think that the Australian public now takes <clears throat> qualification for granted? And are they right to expect that? I, I suppose when you've been to three World Cups before, that's all they know. So what you want to do, you want to make sure you've got that repetition of success and you need then to develop on what you're going to do next with Asian champions. So... You have to carry on the expectations and that's what professionals, the pressures that we have and how we have to deal with that. So we play Saudi Arabia, then we've got um, Brazil, then we've got Confederations Cup, then we've got more qualifiers and if we don't qualify, we affect obviously the game that we love in Australia. And I'm just I'm concerned about um, the fact that Australian players have fallen off the recruiters' radars to Europe. Are you concerned? Yeah, I'm really concerned because... You have... When we went to the Asian group, it was amazing because everyone thought, oh, we'll qualify for Asia. So when we were growing up, me, Bresciano, Vinny Garella, Baduka, we had no choice but to go to England when we were 16 and fight hard to play in second division, first division or go straight to those teams. Now players don't have to go and fight. They can go straight to Dubai, China um, and pay their mortgages off much early. When I went to China, I was 35 years old. My mm -hmm. career was over. Mate, have you ever looked <coughs> your, your trademark celebration? Have you, have you ever struck a corner flag that's fought back? <laughs> hey, don't, don't laugh. The only reason why I punch a corner flag because it doesn't hit back. You know? <laughs> well, <laughs> well, I don't know. What about this one here? This is, I think, pretty interesting. I don't know the person who's holding the corner flag. Uh, if we can, can we have a look at that? Yeah, here we go. Well, what... That's awesome. <laughs> you, know what? you know what? That's awesome because they were expecting it. They 
obviously rehearsed it because they said to every kid in the corner flags to move it away when I score. <laughs> when I score. So that, for me, is a compliment. But I suppose for, for, for that kid, it's a beautiful moment. When I went to Central Coast, it was amazing. You know, some of the games that I've played across Australia, regardless that I'm playing for Melbourne City, have really embraced me. Brisbane, the crowd there. Um, you know, we played Melbourne Victory, Western Sydney, where I'm from. Um, you know, I've really enjoyed it. And I don't think many people thought that, you know, I'd probably be coming out the season in a wheelchair, wheelchair now being 37. But <laughs> in the leagues that I've played in, I play 40 to 50 games a year. And this year I've played 21 games and I feel great. Tim, every week we show highlights, there's <clears> always <throat> some crazy plays and crazy characters. Who would be the craziest guy you've played with and why? Um, Royce and Drentha, Real Madrid. We signed him at Everton. We couldn't keep him in. He was always out. And um, <laughs> it's one of them players that's just mental. You know, we had Andy <laughs> van der Meter, um, same player from Inter Milan. Uh, they loved the night out. They loved to be when we needed them. When it comes to the big games, boss would put them on their 10 minutes, score that spectacular would... wonder goal, and they wouldn't be, we wouldn't find And they'd go out all days. night, or sort of till what time? Sort of? Well, some players are just... Um, natural talents and you've got certain players in every team that you know that you can allow certain you know things and for someone like Royce and Drenthe who played with the biggest players in the world at Real Madrid he could come on and win us a game and then we'll be looking for him still on Wednesday and, uh, <laughs> but they're one-offs mate they're one-offs mm. because uh there's not much wages left after they've been fined. A couple of weeks' wages all the time. All right, we mentioned it very uh, briefly earlier in, in the show. Sunday <laughs> is A-League Grand Final. Sydney FC have had an amazing, an amazing season. Yeah. Uh, we've seen that Melbourne's victory, they've, uh, they played well in their semi-final, go in with some confidence and being underdog status. How do you read it? When Muskie comes out and says they're going to win, I played with Muskie at Millwall. Um, he means it. What they did the other night against Brisbane, they come out and they bullied them. First 25 minutes, Carl Valeri, Broxy, Burrow, it was all about competing and winning the fight. You look at Sydney FC, they've been the most consistent. They might not have been the most exciting, but for me, it'll be very sad if they don't win it because I play in the biggest leagues in the world where you finish top, yeah. you get rewarded. And that's for playing home and away. You know, playing in the hardest conditions and your own home. And that's... I'm old school. I'll always be old school and I'll always believe in that. And now, um, even we had a chance of... You know, we finished... Perth had a shot at the title and it's, that's the way it is here. So it's the same way it is in um, the MLS. We finished the top of both conferences with New York Red Bulls, but then we got knocked out because another team was fresher and they, they can continue. So, for me, I'd like to see Sydney FC purely because of Arnie and what he's done to that team. And, and they deserve silverware just because they played home and away consistently and they won the battle throughout the year. I, look, I'm very shallow. I just want to watch you scoring goals, <laughs> basically. Uh, and I like to do it. I mean, there's been so many we could choose from here. Uh, I think Brazil, obviously, that goal was just a sensational one. It was ranked two or... Uh, the Holland one? Yeah, th yeah, this is just... Astonishing. As a man who scored the first goal for Australia in the World Cup and been you know, a first man of the match, what a moment. Oh, this moment's it's one, it's one of the best, but also um, it's like what I say to every kid. It's like when my son plays and my daughter plays netball. It's just have a go. You know, same one against Melbourne Victory. It either hits the back of the net or Rosette. And I've always, <laughs> I've always been that type of character, you know, where I've been brought up from. 
I've always had my family around me and I'm, I'm pretty fearless, you know. I, I say it how it is and I enjoy what I do, but even now, like, you know, at the awards, I was speaking to coaches, speaking to players. I'm very passionate and I show it when I play and um, that, just watching it, you know, I'm looking for that next moment next week. I'm looking for that all the time, something special that can change the game, that can, you know, feed my appetite. A lot's been made lately, the conversation about life after an elite sporting career. And I've spoken with <coughs> Ange Postacoglu recently about this and he said every single athlete struggles. There is no such thing as a smooth transition. We want to see you at another World Cup. You just said you're in a wheelchair. Yeah. We want to see you nah. play a couple more uh, with Melbourne City. But have you got... Are you already starting to think and you've got plans in place about what life looks like after football? I think for me, you know, I've been lucky enough to have great people. You know, I've got my own company with Chris and Jake Elder, close family, it's just us three. Everything we do commercially and business-wise has always had a portfolio behind it. When I moved from England to America and the MLS and experiencing that, then the MLS to China, built my grassroots program with Foxtel, last four years delivering on and off the park, spending millions of dollars for a free program, getting the tens of thousands of kids, now the portfolio going to another four years. Instead of sometimes signing commercial deals, I'll become... Um, a global shareholder, um, a clothing ranges, businesses. And for me, it's about having good relationships, strong contacts, keeping them. And I, I wanted to be one of the only players to play in the City Group that's played in all the continents of the world. I was world. about to pick you a Jim's Mowing done... franchise. Yeah, so that's, that's, that's it's not going to be Jim's Mowing franchise. <laughs> it's going to be good no matter what it is. Tim Cahill, an absolute thrill to have you with us. Thank you so much for joining no, us. Thanks Thank for having you. me. Thanks for having me. A great Tim Cahill coming up, our champ of the week. Stick around. This is good. This is 18-year-old US surfer uh, Villain Banks just falling off a cliff uh, and winning. Yes, this is winning the Wipeout of the Year at the Big Wave Awards. Look at this. Oh, my God. That is terrifying. I'm dropping into intense care. Yeah, that's right. I love it. All right, and uh, always love the last race of the day, uh, particularly at Cessnock. My money was on Skippy this afternoon, as you can see. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And look, what cuts across is okay. As you would expect, this is one of the great steps. It's it's Jared Hain-like coming through Brad Fittler. Off the right, and no kangaroos were hurt in the making of that clip. All right, time now for our Champ of the Week, brought to you by Kumo Tyre. And if you like a couple of big blokes standing toe-to-toe, thumping each other, this is for you 90,000 fans at Wembley, seeing the hometown hero, Anthony Joshua. Look at that, taking on Vladimir Klitschko for the IBF, WBA and IBO heavyweight titles. Brutal dance it turned out to be. He got there, did have to get off the campus at one stage. 41-year-old opponent in the 11th round, it took him down. Me now saying it's brought credibility back to heavyweight boxing. He could be anything, Joshua. Right now he is our champ of the week. And sadly, that is where we have to leave. Your reminder, uh, boxer Jeff Horn, he'll take on Manny Pacquiao, is our guest in the studio next week. We'll see you then. This has been a production of Fox Sports.